Radio MD. RadioMD.com. The world's preeminent talk radio portal. All about your health. And now here's Melanie Cole, MS, host of Staying Well. Problem gambling is treatable, but resources are scarce. Right now, there are 2 million families of problem gamblers struggling to maintain the rapid and traumatic impact. And there are only around 700 professionals specifically trained in this field. Don't allow your loved one's gambling addiction to ruin your life. Know when to ask questions, know when to set boundaries, know when to hold them. My guest today is Dr. Damon Dye. He's a licensed mental health counselor and national certified gambling counselor. Welcome to the show, Dr. Dye. So what is a gambling addiction and how prevalent is it really? Melanie, thanks for having me. Well, gambling addiction is is similar to other drug and alcohol addictions, but it is a biochemical change where the individual finds it's just about nearly impossible to manage or control their gambling behavior, and that affects about uh, 1% to 3% of the population. So 97 95% of us can gamble with no problem. So problem gambling is just maybe, you know, you're losing a little bit of money, maybe you like to hit the slots or do some OTB, but when does problem gambling cross over into an actual addiction? Good question. So, you know, most of us gamble or most people gamble socially, and that doesn't create any kind of major problems. However, you know, when you move into more problem gambling where it's causing some impairments in your life, you know, hiding it, you know, crossing over to boundaries with work, spending money we can't afford to lose, you can progress into gambling addiction where it's causing major impairment in your life. So similar to any other substance abuse, once it starts to affect your family life, your work life, your social life, you know, your health even, that's when you know it's really, you know, an issue, true? So it's not about how much money you lose before you know it becomes a problem. Right. That's one of the challenges, looking at the money aspect, because money becomes a vehicle for problem gambling, where you need money to uh, play games. And so folks who have escape gambling problems or action gambling, action in your sports betting, dog tracks, horse tracks, the action and the thrill, escape gambling, which are you know slot machines, scratch-offs, kind of as an escape component as well to cope maybe distance from life stressors, money becomes the vehicle. So while a, a significant amount of money can be used to to gamble, often beyond wagering beyond their means, um, both of those typologies end up using money. So it's not about just gaining the money. It's about money as the way to gamble to get to the escape or the high. Do people look at gambling addiction differently than they might look at a substance abuse? Do they judge it differently? Do they, you know, look down more on somebody with a gambling problem saying they can just stop? Yes, absolutely. As you're aware already, there's already a tremendous amount of stigma in the world with addictions and mental health. And so when you look at gambling in particular, it's even more at a disadvantage because it's even more hidden. Drugs and alcohol, very bad uh, for a lot of people and, and the consequences. But for problem gambling, there is that progressive nature, but also to the nature of how someone can lose so much money, lose so much trust with their family or their workplace so fast that their brain's going through a biochemical change just as well. And so one of the chemical problems or one of the challenges in understanding problem gambling is that for a substance abuse or drugs and alcohol, it makes sense logically because you're ingesting a substance, and we know that changes the brain chemistry. And so, you know, you can see it, you can smell it, you can tell for someone, but for someone who's in problem gambling addiction, it's hidden. It's not something you can easily detect. It's something if you're if you're savvy at seeing the personality changes, but it is a bit of a stretch to try to understand logically how the brain can change as even though there's not a substance ingested in it 
as a way to change that chemistry. So it's like a process addiction. So to deal with this addiction, Dr. Dai, 12-step programs like Gamblers Anonymous and then professional addiction treatment, what's the difference between those two and which one would you recommend families start with if they need to get started? If you're a family member, I would suggest getting access to as many resources as you can find. I think, you know, for Gamblers Anonymous, Gaminon, which is a family form of Gamblers Anonymous, that's an incredible support group for those that can help you feel like you're not alone, that, you know, you understand that you're with, um, you know, people who have lived it or going through it right now. So I'm a big supporter of any support group, as well as professional treatment, where someone would reach out to a professional counselor, maybe identified through their state or national agency, where in problem gambling, we have select individuals who are trained and to help that individual understand their gambling addiction or how much or even evaluate if it's a problem for them professionally to see someone as well as the spouse or the family member also getting the support and tools they need to to help mend or to help repair that relationship or help, you know, get the support emotionally they need when they're trying to hold everything together from family and kids and, you know, potentially a separation. When you're dealing with substance abuse, Dr. Dye, there's so many, you know, there's even some medications to help you with the withdrawal, you know, certain drugs, that kind of thing. When you're dealing with gambling, that need, even if, you know, you need to play the lottery or something, what are the treatments like? How do you help somebody whose problem is trying to make more money by spending money? Well, that's a good question, too. I think that you have, my suggestion is to get as much collaborative support as you can. There's not a lot of resources out there as is. So, and as in mental health, you'll, you know, is everyone who comes in, it's, we're not defined by the addiction. We're, you know, there's other things going on, whether it be ADD, maybe it's depression, you know, maybe it's grief, loss. There's all kind of additional elements going on for an individual, whether it was prior to the gambling or absolutely exasperated as a result. So, so getting some collaborative care to also make sure that if there are resources medication-wise to help with uh, the depression or someone that can help advise, you know, what's the right treatment acutely for now and then in the long term. What are some of the red flags that we might notice right off the bat if you're, you know, have a loved one who's doing these things and gambling? How do you know when it's starting to become a problem? Well, you know, trying to trust the gut is, is something suggested, although that can be difficult when you're questioning so much because everything's around you is, is changing and you know it. But when you confront the individual or you try to bring it to the attention of the individual, you often get, you know, a denial or hiding more, which, you know, does become a fear for that individual to be confronted um, because of, oh, my gosh, I can't, could, you know, if she, if she finds out, then, you know, she's going to leave me and then she's going to take the kid. So there's a lot going on there fear-wise. But anytime you feel there's a personality change, something's just not right. You know your partner very well or, or there's a lot of emphasis on finance or money or you feel like, um, you know, there's, there's something just going on. You can't put your finger on it. You know, that, that's a suggestion. Or if you need to, um, you know, feel like there's just some, something where trust, you just don't, you don't feel like you're getting the right answer. And if you're someone else is dealing, if you're yourself dealing with a problem, you know, how do you know? And if you've ever lied about your gambling to someone or if you ever bet more than you intended, if you answered yes to either one of those, I would warrant finding someone who can help you further along assess that. I know this may seem like, you know, an obvious or ridiculous question, but if the person is a winner, if they win when they gamble, is it still a problem? <laughs> Great question. This is fascinating. You know, when you look at how there's a phase of, you know, winning. When you're winning, of course, that's not a problem. What consequences are there, right? Well, you know, for the individual, well, they're away from their children. They're away from work. And they're risking something maybe to be there to make that win. So you look at gambling, 
it's it's a great question because money obviously is tied all interwoven all the way through. And so if I'm winning, it's not a problem. You know, you didn't have a problem when I brought extra money home and we were able to take that trip. That was fine. But now all of a sudden I'm losing. I just I just got to get back into a winning phase. But, you know, that's the nature of gambling, and that's what happens. We tend to evaluate it based upon the money aspect alone. And as in gambling, you'll lose, and then that's where we take extra risk and desperation, you know, risking monies we couldn't afford. And even in many workplaces, there have become problems where, you know, I believe the individuals, very responsible people. That's why I love this, too. They're very good people, you know. And, and But looking at some of the risks they would take were very um, ego-dystymic, very opposite their character. You know, these people are people we trust at work, and we, and we trust in our community, but why? Why would they risk, you know, taking some money when they really, in my opinion, intended to put it back? But, of course, as winning or losing, if they lost, they weren't able to do that. In just the last 30 seconds or so, Dr. Dye, tell us the name of your book and where people can find it to help their loved ones or themselves with gambling addiction. Well, if someone's struggling with gambling addiction, you're not alone. It feels like it. There's a lot of stigma. But know when to hold them. A guide for spouses of problem gamblers is available on Amazon. But if you or someone you love is struggling with a gambling problem, I highly suggest you reach your state or, or national resources. The National Council of Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700 can help connect you with someone who can, who can guide you as far as resources and a professional to, to get the help you need. That number is 1-800-522-4700 for problems with gambling. You're listening to Staying Well right here on Radio MD. If you missed any of the great information, listen anytime on demand or on the go. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening and stay well.